Are you ready? How is it going? That intro comes on the heels of watching the Woodstock 99 documentary. How is it going? This is Andy Francis. That's another opening to the episode that doesn't start with yo. We're still trying to avoid those yo's. We want to open with something different. We went with the corn today. That's a corn song that I just saw on the Woodstock 99 documentary, but we're going to get to that documentary in a sec. We had some other stuff to talk about first. I think this is going to be one of your favorite episodes in a while. Why is that? Because I just remembered a story this week that I can't believe I forgot to tell you. Maybe I remembered it at one point, but I was a little too embarrassed to talk about it. But now I'm obviously at that point in my life where, you know, the the older I get and the closer I see the end of me taking off as a possibility, oh, we're just going deeper into the crazy stories. You know, like, ah, let's hold back on that one, Andy. What if you kind of elevate it? You know, you're hosting Sports Center, and then all of a sudden they talk about the, oh, you laid in the bed naked of a TV anchor story because that's what's coming for you. I was naked in the bed of a current person you'd see on TV, on a news channel, a major news channel, and his also naked daughter was opening this anchor's Heineken's and giving them to me as I was lying naked in his bed. That's the story that I have coming for you guys later. And if you don't think it's true, as like I always say, when we're all dead, if there's a chance that you get to see that big screen projector, I will give them the clearance to show you anything you need to see to validate these stories. Yep, when we're all dead. Anyway, this episode of the You're Still Here podcast is brought to you by the Container Store. The place that it didn't get too fancy. They wanted to open up. They didn't need to open up an arcade where you can gamble and drink and play someone in NHL 2003 for an undisclosed amount of money. That was one of my ideas when I was younger, by the way. Opening up a bar in Chicago where you can play video games against people and gamble against them. Because I think Chicago had this loophole about making money in video games and playing people. I don't know what the hell it was. But no, no, no. The founder of the container store, he looked at his friend and goes, what does everybody have? Someone was like, oh, a car. Nah, we can't do that. A bed. Nah, we can't do that. I don't know. And the guy looked under and he goes, oh, containers? He goes, perfect. We are going to focus in on containers. Our whole store is going to be containers. And the guy goes, that might work because, you know, normally you want a container, you go to Ikea, and then what is in the back left? You have to find the containers. But if you open the container store, you don't even have to advertise. You know where you're going. You're going to the container. It's like if there was a store called the orange juice store. Do you really need to market it? You know what's there. Orange juice. So the container store, good for them. They kept things simple. Like the guy who opened Dunkin' Donuts. But see, the guy who opened Dunkin' Donuts, that guy had stone-cold balls. Because you know he looked to the left of him and goes, hey, look, man, you know donuts, those things that they have in bakeries? What, it's like next to, what, the cakes? What, what the donuts? Yeah, I'm going to open up a place that just has that. And they're like, what? I don't even know anybody who likes donuts. When people go to bakeries, they mostly get cakes. So you're taking a lesser eaten item from the bakery and saying, that's the only thing we have here. Think about how if you have half of one negative friend, Dunkin' Donuts was never getting created. If, if the originator of Dunkin' Donuts grew up in Long Island, it never would have been made because all of his friends would have shot him down. So more power to that guy. But the container store, good on them. 
I always wondered how stores like there was this place. It sold lampshades. How did they make enough money to pay the rent in New York? You mean to tell me so many people have bought a lamp but don't have a shade on that lamp that they're satisfied with that they go to lampshade places and they sell enough of these to pay their rent in New York City? No, absolutely not. So I'm going to default to the same thing that I always do when I can't explain something. I'm just going to say, oh, well, they're just selling drugs in the back. The, the lampshade is just a front for whatever they're really doing. That was always my excuse when I used to take the $10 buses from Chinatown in New York to Chinatown in Boston when I went to school there. You know what the theory was. Oh, yeah, there's drugs in the cargo down there. That's why they only give you – they only let you put one bag. It's all drugs down there. And you know where they keep them? In those secret containers from the container store. That's what it is. All these places, they all work in connection. You got the cheap buses that go out of Chinatown and then they have backdoor containers where they're putting all the drugs in and all these lampshade cheap bus container stores are all reaping the rewards from this network of businesses that you'd never expect to profit but do. All funded by Dunkin' Donuts. America runs on Dunkin'. Anyway, I really don't know how we got on this. How's it going, everyone? Are you... Looking forward to all the nothing that's happening still because we're at the end of August. And I know that you've mentally checked out and you're in fall mode and you're ready for the new episodic season. I know that Game of Thrones was on this past week. We know NFL's, but it's just not here yet. Still almost two weeks, actually. Yep. So we're in this random lingering state. We're full lingerers right now. That's me and you right now, just waiting. But I know Game of Thrones, like I said, was on last Sunday and apparently it's a hit. Apparently, everybody's loving it. I am going to be one of those guys. When I tell you how much I looked forward to Game of Thrones, and remember, they were putting years between seasons, so the expectations just went up that much further. What they did to me in season eight for, you know, one of the seasons of anything I was looking forward to the most. I don't know if I was looking forward to WrestleMania 12 as a kid as much as I was to the final season of Game of Thrones. And and what did I get? I got a Dazani water bottle at the small council. So how can I watch a prequel knowing? Well, the prequel ends, then like a hundred years go by, and then it's Game of Thrones, and then it ends with a Dazani bottle at the feet of Samuel Tarley in the small council meeting. Can't. I can't do it knowing that it ends like that because this prequel that you're watching, it ends with a Dazani water bottle. And I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I at least need to hold that. I'm going to be the last domino chip that falls. Like the, I know many people who are disgusted and won't watch it. I imagine because, you know, they don't have my kind of resolve. They'll all go down one by one like the dominoes they are. I will be the last domino to fall. If they all give in, I'll be the last one to wave the flag. You know, I'm a flag waver. I will say, all right, it's that good. You've all went. I'm going. I'm not going to stubbornly die by myself. No, I'll be one of those last few because the last few still get a little respect. Like, wow, you held out that long? All right. And that's what I'm going for. But, you know, if you're somebody who wasn't into Game of Thrones as much as I was, then you can go ahead and give it a shot. I've told you there are so few things to watch. So if they manage to sneak a decent one through the cracks, you probably do want to give it a shot. So that's up to you. We'll see if and when I do return. But I'll tell you what, it ain't going to be in the next couple of weeks. Fortunately for me, we got football season coming up. 
And when you combine that with fantasy and then I'm making sports gambling videos for that website, it should be easy, especially on Sundays. I mean, I would even blame them. Why would they release it right before the NFL season? I got news for you. Game of Thrones is a queen, but NFL is king. You know this. Like the top nine broadcasts every year are all NFL games. I already mentioned, whether it was last week or the week before, that the Hall of Fame game, the preseason game, where all bums and Josh Jacobs apparently played, and that got higher ratings than the Stanley Cup Finals. This is who you're dealing with. Why HBO would go up against that, I have no clue, but that's what they did. That's what they did. Maybe they care a little more about that international audience now. However, check that out. Like I told you, I checked out a couple of other things as well. And you can watch these things if you so choose. The first, and you may have seen something about this in the last couple of days, that would be this Manti Teo documentary that will leave you rather disgusted if you ask me. I I cannot tell you. On the one hand, hey, you got something to watch. On the other hand, Netflix should be a little disgraced. They pulled some secret cowardice. You know how I do my I know what you did segments? I know what you did. Where I know what you did. I know what they did. So basically, if you're young and you don't know what the man Tai Teo situation is, he was a great college football player, was projected to be a first round pick, was having his best season. And then right before the national championship, it came out that his girlfriend and grandma died. And then after the national championship, it was learned there was no girlfriend at all. And apparently it was a catfish, but the grandma did die. And there was a heap of confusion around what the hell was going on. Now, I'm trying to accelerate the whole process, but basically the accusation that was being thrown at him, there were two. The first being, oh, he's up for a Heisman. He's a defensive player up for a Heisman. A story can probably get him over the edge because we know these voters, you hear a story like that, then you're almost guilted into giving you that vote. However, it was thought that maybe he did that. He added the girlfriend on top of the dead grandma to get the voters to tilt the balance of the Heisman his way, maybe help his draft capital and his status, Notre Dame status, whatever it may be. But then it was learned that this really did seem to be a person behind this. And then the next accusation was that Manti Teo was secretly gay, having a side relationship that nobody could know about. So, you know, this other person pretended they were a girl. And that was the next accusation being levied at him all while he was coming down from the best year of his career, best year Notre Dame had in decades. And before training camps and off-season or or before the NFL draft started and he was going to those voluntary mini camps to show off to, you know, the pro scouts, this all unraveled right in that time period. And basically what happened was he ended up going from a first round pick to a second round pick because of these quote unquote, like unknown issues attached. And if you're unaware how that works, you're talking about millions of dollars. So I looked it up today and he ended up only making around like $10 million his whole NFL career, which spanned like seven or eight years. Now, half goes to taxes, especially in California, 10% agent, like 10% manager. And yeah, congrats, it's a couple million dollars. But if he would have been that first round pick, 
you know, his first contract would have been at least like, you know, $3 million a year. He would have got to way more. I would think he would have doubled that at least, like $20 million over a seven or eight year career. And this was all because of one of the most heinous piece of garbage individuals you will ever see in your life. And for whatever reason, Netflix decided to present the story of the catfish as quote unquote, the other side of the story, as if there was some other equally deserving perspective to be told about the maniacal psychopathic moves that this other person did. This other person, I mean, I don't know, is this ruining it for you? I feel like I'll give a more entertaining take on it anyway. But this person catfished Manti Teo, and this was a time, I don't even know if the first season of Catfish was even on. So you were susceptible to being catfished. Instagram didn't even exist at this time. Maybe it existed the following year. So there was no DMing random girls in Australia like there was now. It was just Facebook. And Facebook was an extended network of like your close friends and family. So you basically knew via someone else, anyone who would have requested you. It would be very rare that somebody would friend request you and there wouldn't be mutual friends. And that's how you'd be like, all right, well, I'll ask that mutual friend who the hell this is in case I want to know. So this person, I'm somebody who has the scam of the week as a weekly segment. I have so many scams to fill 52 weeks and probably 52 years. And for me to look at this person and say, that's one of the worst humans you will ever come across. You got to understand they are truly a big pile of grade A monkey truck. And this person, as they were going to catfish him, they didn't just do an all willy nilly, let's wing it catfish. Here's a picture of a hot girl. Then I'll friend request him and this is going to work. No, they did the bunker work. They created family members accounts made sure those family members had friends, then created the catfish. And before this person reached out to Manti Teo, they kind of started talking to other people. I would just imagine regular disgusting people who would be way more prone to being catfished than someone on the precipice of the NFL. Let's just say that. Some random doofus who probably hasn't talked to a girl in God knows how long. Then someone relatively cute, friend request them. They'll talk. They, they even, they'll say, hey, look, there is a 20% chance of a catfish, but I can just get myself to believe that this is a real person. At least I can practice talking to someone. I don't know what the hell they would think. But regardless, this catfish started creating relationships with the people around him only via text and whatnot. So that when the eventual time came that the catfish personality needed to be corroborated by real people, it actually happened. So when she requested Manti Teo and he accepted and he asked people who were in the mutual friends, like, hey, do you know who this person is? They'd say, yeah, yeah, I've talked to them before. I know of them. They would just kind of like, oh, I think they know because that other person would use their mutual friends because she used the same trick on. And then she'd be like, oh, I think she knows so-and-so. So it made it unbelievably authentic. You know, put yourself in his shoes. You get a friend request. Remember, there's no Instagram stuff like that. And you see this relatively cute girl. You see that your friend Jake, you, you never meet a Jake anymore. You see your friend Jake <laughs> is friends with that person. You hit Jacob like, yo, what do you know about Joanna? I don't know why I'm stuck on the J's. Like, oh, I, I just started talking to her. 
And I think she's actually friends with so-and-so. And then you go to that next person like, oh, yeah, I know her. I think, she, you know, she, and it's just this endless cycle. Well, then you tell yourself, well, if this many people know her, that's who it is. It's hard to predict that level of calculation. And that's why I tell you, my friend, if you don't believe in conspiracies, do you imagine somebody correctly predicted this? So I'm at the bar with you and I go, you see that person over there? You know what they did? They created a whole series of fake family members and friended other people just so that they can create the actual account that they're going to use, which is going to be fully fake. And then those full fake family members can corroborate the fake lies along with the other people who I'm going to start fake conversations with after the fact. Can you imagine you laid out that theory to someone after, after showing them all those accounts online? You know what you are. You know what you're lumped in there with you know who. And we'll get to those kind of people in a second. You're lumped in there with the band from all social media platforms. And that's a little tease as to where I'm headed in a little bit. But this girl, guy, girl, oh, at the time it was a guy. Uh, I'll be respectful. But at the time it was a guy. They showed the videos. It was a guy clapping around, dancing on stage. And they presented it from his perspective. So anytime it would relatively get close to meet up, remember there's no FaceTime really, so you'd have to Skype, something would get in the way. And the thing that this guy had working for him was Manti Teo was a part of Notre Dame. He was all the way out there in the Midwest. And you know the rigorous D1A schedules. You, you barely have any time to yourself. So that worked towards the catfish's advantage. And then when it came time, who knows, around the holidays or whatnot, this person faked a car accident and then called Manti Teo as like the brother or cousin who ended up just being him. So this catfish, who really is this guy, just called Manti Teo as the guy he was. and was like, oh, hey, man, I just want to let you know we got this girl over here. She's in the hospital. And had the hospital sounds playing. The monitor hospital sounds were playing, meaning they went to YouTube, they went to their computer, and they YouTubed hospital monitor sounds and put it at the right volume level and just had that playing in the background. So that was the second, that was the next prop they had. So then this person who was talking to Manti Teo as a guy and has the monitor beeping in the background came into the room as a nurse with a different voice checking on the catfish to see how they were doing. And then in the nurse's voice in the background said, whoever's on the phone, whoever that is, this is the most activity we've got on the heart monitor this whole time. So Manti Teo was led to believe that he was responsible for bringing the most life to this catfish in this fake environment. Meanwhile, this other guys like Eddie Murphy in like the nutty professor are coming to America, uh, 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 masterminding nine different personalities. I mean, it's wild. This is what this person did to him. So Manti Teo, being like a devout religious person, is believing he's truly like bringing life. See, here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you ever hear of Murphy's Law? What can go wrong will go wrong. I hate to be that guy, but I have a saying of a similar variety. He who can be taken advantage of will be taken advantage of. You know that friend of yours who gives rides to the airport? What happened? He gives you a ride. Someone else sees that or hears that. Now they're asking for rides. 
people who are kind and good-natured, good-hearted, they're the ones who get it given to the most. People out there, they just see a big fat sign hanging over their head saying, take advantage of me. It's one of the worst things in this world when, when you see someone's innocence ruined because eventually you end up like me. You get screwed and now you end up just looking behind you every 25 steps on a New York City block. I do. I just look behind me. I just assume somebody has some nefarious purpose who's been tailing me. That's what a lifetime of, I guess, whatever I've seen and gone through has done to me. And Manti, it seemed like that was his big first stab. And, you know, you don't recover from things like that. It's always going to be in the back of your head. And you lose faith. You lose trust in others when you see them behave like this. And this is, like I said, unbelievably sinister. And it gets even worse. You just watch that thing. This person fakes their death, fakes coming back to life, all while this guy is engaged in the most important part of his life, his national championship season. And this catfish, Netflix allows this person that presents their perspective as it's like an equal side of the story. Any other generation since the beginning of time, this person would be hanged with the Salem witches for what they did. But because of this current climate, you're not allowed to be critical of certain people. Finkel and I. For whatever reason. And I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it because, see, if you're on that side of the coin, you can literally just walk down the street, stab someone in the face, give them a nice big Hulk Hogan boot to the mug and a leg drop, and you'll be absolutely fine. But if you come at it from the other perspective, you're going to end up like this guy I saw on social media this week, and you're going to have all your opinions taken from you one at a time via social media. And naturally that brings me to this Andrew Tate guy who, I don't know if you've heard of him, but um, my younger brother let me know about him along with his friends. He's essentially, um, like if you could picture uh, like the biggest douche who would ever be on Barstool Sports, that times like 10. If you're my friend, you just can't be a pussy. Well, I had a heart attack. Get the fuck up. What's wrong with you? For me, it's just like seeing a, a early 90s WWF character. I mean, I've heard guys like this a million times. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, ugly, Huntsville heifers. Keep the noise down. But, you know, you see that less and less on social media. You know, many times I've told you about how you know, a lot of guys, they don't have like a jackass to watch. They don't have these type of shows. And anytime there is something like that, it gets neutered or cut at the knees. So now they have to take their eyes elsewhere. I, I'd mentioned the, the Nelk guys. Now, one of their YouTubes were taken down. And now there's this Andrew Tate guy. And you want to know what happened to him? They ran the train on him. That's what I was saying. They ran the train. The 2022 version of running the train on someone is when you take all their social media away, but it happens one at a time. So you guys obviously know the original running a train on someone, running the train usually on a girl. And then there was the Bill Burr running a train on a guy. I remember I heard that on his podcast in like 2012 where he called running a train on a guy when a girl comes out with a lawsuit on a guy 
and has some success. So then a bunch of other girls show up and they all start suing him, hoping to get some money out of him too. That is what he said is running the train on a guy. Well, 2022 version of getting a train run on you is when they take away one and first it was Twitter. Then Facebook and Instagram came out. And then once you were off of both of those, all of a sudden everyone's looking at TikTok and YouTube like, well, what are you doing? Are you going to platform someone like this? So TikTok was the next domino to fall. And then lastly, that, then it was YouTube. YouTube is going to be like me with Game of Thrones. If everyone goes down and they're watching it, then fine. I'll be the last one. I'll be YouTube. Although, you know, there's some other ones. But when they go to cancel you, it comes hard and fast. You lose your Facebook, then your Instagram, then your Gmail, then your Discord, then your website hosting, then your domain name, like then your payment processor, then your bank. Then like it's just like in real time, you're watching your phone and apps just exploding. Boom, and he's boom, boom. off all of those platforms now. However, I gotta give this guy some weird credit. So I don't know if you know about him, but really what I learned that he does is that he got popular and he blew up all of a sudden, went from like a million followers, which is a ton, to five million because he implements this, it's almost like, you know, like courses, like like courses for guys. It says he's going to make them more of a man and he's going to show them how to get girls and how to make money, basically a classic scam. Anytime you can't describe what you're doing over the course of an elevator ride, that's why they call it an elevator pitch, by the way. If you can't tell me what your thing is over the course of an elevator ride, then it's a scam. You shouldn't need paragraph. It's like when, you know, when someone started explaining Scientology, you need like, you know, three years. Oh, don't know what we're going to tell you in 12 years. And by the way, I'm not making fun of Scientology. If there's a Scientologist listening, please don't come after me. I know it's not fun. However, but like they show you the truth, like 20 years down the line, anytime somebody can't explain something to you, it is a scam. But anyway, the, the part of this guy's scam is when you start signing up for his coursework, I guess part of your tasks are to create a channel and get his stuff out there, spread the word of their God. So although they got rid of his channels, all of his minions have been putting stuff out as well, which is why he grew so exponentially. Because if you were to see 10 videos of this guy, it's probable that zero of the videos were actually from him. So where the goal of these companies is to de-platform him, take his platform to spread his message away, it's like he already thought of that ahead of time. All of his minions, these are faceless minions. You don't even know who they are anymore. So, I mean, this guy, he's like the head of the Taliban. You kill him, you, you think someone else ain't going to prop up right behind it? There's millions of them out there. So I guess I got to weirdly give him some. That is a great way to screw the deep platforming system, to have a bunch of minions you know, like you don't know these accounts, Andrew Tate, Andrew underscore Tate, Andrew Tate two morning Tate, afternoon Tate, lunchtime Tate, Tate square. All these channels are out there. You're not going to stop. People are probably going to be seeing him just as much because the accounts are still posting stuff. And now that they have controversy to work off, I bet you more people go to his stuff, more people. Because, you know, anytime something like this happens, you get to say, told you, told you they were going to do this. Uh, see how right I am with all my theories and predictions? Now, if you sign up for the next course, which is $75.99 per month, we're really going to tell you some harsh truths.
But yeah, the guy is running a scam, and from a guy who has a scam of the week. It's a scam. That's a scam. What a scam that was. So this was all a scam, huh? I guess I can respect that in some capacity. Now, my scam isn't going to ask you to sign up for any services, although I would always appreciate it if you signed up for my Patreon or something of that nature. However, my scam of the week is going to parlay into that story that you've probably been waiting for. This is the Subway Wrong Stop scam, and it actually isn't tough to predict at all. It's exactly as it sounds, just like the container store, the Subway Get Off at the Wrong Stop scam. If there was ever a situation on the subway where you're going, I was going uptown. And I've already told you, by the way, of the decoy question scam where where you'd ask somebody a question that you already know the answer. Like, do you know if this one stops at Union Square? Everyone stops at Union Square. I just said that you could start some word exchanges. But this one is you get out at the wrong stop simply because that person got out. And now you're going to buy that much time. I don't know if it's going to work as much because everyone's got AirPods in and the world is just exponentially becoming more creepy. But I guess this is right before that happened. You're going to leave at the same exact time. And it's going to it's going to involve you having you got to break the barrier somehow, whether it's saying hello or whatnot. But it's giving you the full time from when you leave that subway to when you guys are on the street to start a conversation. So I did that with somebody. I started a combo from this was on the upper west side i started a convo from the time that those subway doors opened from the time we hit the street and you know i guess i was feeling ballsy that day and i was able to get her number and i'm gonna fast forward because this is gonna arrive us to the story i didn't know this was just a regular girl that i met on the subway back in those times when you can do something like that and we exchanged text messages. We ended up uh, hanging out. She told me about her family. I didn't know anything really about them. All I knew is she had mentioned her dad worked in news. But when I hear something like that, and by the way, this is pre-2014. So this is still when people didn't give two shits about the news. If someone if someone said, oh, my dad works in news, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between a CNN anchor, an NBC anchor, a Fox News anchor. It was all just, quote, the news. My dad works on the news. There would have been no difference. Now it's like WWF and WCW, there's rival factions. But at that time, it was just one bland thing called the news. So I hang up with this girl a couple times. One time, I'm meeting her outside of where she lives. And she lives with her family still on the Upper West Side, which means she grew up on the Upper West Side. And for anybody who doesn't really know, that means you grew up pretty well. This guy must have a good job in the news. And I met her downstairs, like, you know, I met her in front of her building and we were going to go, whether it was like to a park because she lived close to the water on the Upper West Side or just a cafe or something like that. I remember it was, I think it was like five, six o'clock, something like that. It was around this time of the year too, I believe. I think it was in the summer, the late summer, which is why I had extra time to hang out with people because there's nothing to do just as a reminder. I had a computer bag on me, which means I was definitely coming from somewhere. I can't remember. Or maybe, you know, I was still auditioning. I might've had my materials. And she goes, well, why don't we drop it right here at my dad's? He has like a little studio here that he does some work at when he needs to get away. I was like, oh, seriously? All right, cool. So we go into... 
It's on the same exact block. So imagine I met her in front of a building. We walk one block down on the first floor. There's a small studio apartment that's you know facing the very street that we just walked in from. You can see right outside on the Upper West Side, a little more residential looking. It's not like the city you might be thinking about where it's you know huge buildings everywhere and stuff like that. No, it didn't look like that. It was one of those almost like the West Village. It looks a lot more smaller, intimate. And we go in there, like I said, small studio apartment. I put my stuff down. I just take a seat for a minute and she just sits on my lap for a second. And, you know, you sit on my lap. And all I'm going to say is things started escalating quickly. So now I'm sitting on a chair, the the one like, you know, chair that this (laughs) guy has next to his desk and she starts making out, it starts ramping up a little. And I just stop it. I look at her, I'm like, and I just say to her, I go, well, what's off limits here? And she just goes, nothing. So I went to the bed and, you know, cue the Ace Ventura mighty jungle scene. Um, but the image that stands in my head is what I was telling you like this is this guy's personal thinking space to do writing who knows he has to do some new show and he comes there and you know this was right on his bed laying there naked i'm laying there and just she just saw me like you know a little out of breath and she goes you want something to drink and she just pop opens the fridge to see what's there and there's just like a a six pack of heineken's And she comes out. I'm just naked. She's naked. She hands me one of this guy's Heinekens as I'm like, I've just sweat all over. I just imagine me laying there full sweat seeping onto this guy's sheets. And oh my God. And she hands me this Heineken. I'm like, oh, these aren't like twists off. So then she finds an opener and pops the Heineken. And I'm drinking this guy's Heineken's on his bed with his naked 20 year old daughter in the bed. You can probably peek in the window and see from the street. Imagine the guy was walking the dog and then he looked at, and then after the fact, because news has taken off and become a big thing. You couldn't name one news anchor back then. Now you can name the whole lineup. Well, all I'm going to tell you, it's one of the people from the lineup. That's all you need to know. And I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. You can imagine later on when news is becoming a thing and you're starting to see all these people, you go, I know that guy. And then when you think, (laughs) yeah, that was a real story. And that absolutely happened. And it's pretty wild. Like I forgot that one. I, that, that story, I guess just got lost in the muck. I completely forgot about it. But then I just saw the guy on TV the other day and it reminded me of it. And uh, here we are. Here we are. I guess one thing that I'll, I want to end with, I told you end of summer and I brought up that rush talk thing last week. I didn't elaborate because I I saw more videos and they're obviously going to go away soon. And I just want to highlight I was wondering in those videos, because they obviously have these huge choreographed dances, like it's a 2003 Britney Spears video. I want to know about the mini arguments going on behind closed doors. You know 
that little factions and cliques are starting within the sororities because of where they were put in the dance line. You know they're pissed if they get shoved in the back. They're taking that as like, oh, I'm disgusting and they don't want me to be in the front. I've had this semi-confirmed by former sorority members that there are spreadsheets out there. There are Microsoft Excel spreadsheets out there of who's lined up where, what they're doing and what their tasks are. And honestly, how is this any different from that Andrew Tate guy where you're forcing your prospective sorority members to share the video X amount of times. And if you don't get X amount of clicks and shares, then you're not a part of the program. It's the same thing as this Andrew Tate power coaching scam. It's all a fucking scam. All of it's a scam. And I just think that's uh, pretty funny that that's going on behind closed doors. Almost like when you're in high school band or high school orchestra, like, oh, that bitch put me at fifth cello. I'm the 12th violinist. They think I'm that disgusting. And then when the video does well online, it only confirms what that head sorority girl thought. That's got to feel pretty bad. You got all pissed saying this is awful. They put me in the 18th position and then it takes off online and it's like, wow, wow, they made the right choice. I guess I am disgusting. I'll tell you what, you know who's not disgusting? Any of you people, you're the opposite of disgusting. You're not going to catfish me. You would never do something like that. Why? Because like I told you, I look behind me every 25 steps down the street. But regardless, you're beautiful for repeatedly showing up and enjoying the show. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I think uh, I think it was all right, especially when you're looking at the end of August. And I, I know you're a lingerer right now. I know you're stuck between summer and fall. You're, you're the man in the middle. You got nowhere to go. You're right in the middle of that black and white cookie. But don't worry, we're almost through it. Thank you guys for joining. I appreciate it. As always, share the stuff when you can. It's always appreciated anytime I can get a new listener. If you are a new listener, we're happy to have you. If it's a one-time listen, hope you enjoyed the dip. Uh, but for the rest of you, I'll be back next week. Take it easy. I'll talk to you then.